Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I am your host and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. My name is Julia Manin. I'm really excited to be with you again. This is the podcast for August of 2019. And today, what um, what we're going to talk about is one of the core essences of Schoenstatt spirituality, what the spirituality of Schoenstatt teaches us is one of the things is mission consciousness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does that actually mean? And how do we go about finding our mission? And how does Mary and Mary's mission tie into all of this? So before we dive into any of that, let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God and open up with scripture. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. It's found in chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham, and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This, I'm quite certain, is a familiar passage to all of you listening to the podcast. Of course, this is the story of the visitation, right? Mary has just, the the Annunciation has just happened. Mary has just received the message from the angel Gabriel and given her fiat, her yes, right? Her, her yes to God's plan for her life, that she will bear Christ, right, in her body through the power of the Holy Spirit. So she says yes, gives God her yes, and then we this picks up from there where it says Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted her cousin Elizabeth, which of course the angel Gabriel had had told to her in the Annunciation that Elizabeth also, who was perceived to be barren, was, was pregnant through the hand of God. And so this is where this story picks up. And I spent the better half of last year reflecting on this, this story of the visitation and what that all meant. It was advice given to me by, by two different um, spiritual directors. One was my spiritual director and one was actually a confessor. They, the, the advice was given at almost the exact same time for me to reflect on the visitation and on what that really meant. And it was too, um, quote unquote, coincidental for me not to pay attention to. Like, why are these two different men 
quote, again, quote unquote, randomly telling me to meditate upon the visitation. Well, I knew it wasn't random. I knew that it had to be coming from God, that it was, it was just too unlikely for these two complete strangers to be giving me the same advice. So I spent the latter half of last year reflecting on, on the visitation, on what that actually means. And I think so often by default, when we're thinking about this, we think that, okay, well, Mary found out that um, here she is pregnant now. She's she's going to bear the Christ child, and she hears Elizabeth is also pregnant. And so often we think about Mary's attitude of, of servitude, that in her own need, she runs to be at the service of Elizabeth, who, of course, would, be, would have been coming um, in her sixth month, would have been coming towards the end of her pregnancy. And here Mary goes in haste, making this dangerous trip as a young woman, who's also pregnant to serve someone else. And certainly that is powerful to reflect upon. And, and it sets the bar really high for all of us to, to be servants and, and to, to model ourselves after the Blessed Mother, who in her own need went to serve others. But there is so much more to the story than that. So much more to the story. First of all, let's think about where Mary was at this point. A young girl, right, who just received this this um this vision from the angel gabriel who's just conceived in her womb through the power of the holy spirit she has a story to tell <laughs> does she not and the angel of course tells her that elizabeth has also had something miraculous happen to her she'll understand so Mary has this amazing thing, this incredible thing, this miraculous thing happened to her. She knows that most of the world will not understand this. And she goes to the first place, this to a place that she knows she'll find understanding, someone who's also been touched by God in a miraculous way. And she, so she goes off in haste to share this with Elizabeth. And of course, the gospel that we read, this these words that we read today, pick up where the two of them meet for the first time. And yes, Elizabeth does have an understanding right? The second she sees her, she's touched by the Holy Spirit. And and the infant in her womb, John the Baptist, of course, we know, leaps in her womb, right? And confirms this. And she looks at Mary with an understanding um, gaze and says, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And of course, this has to be a comfort to Mary. It has to be a comfort to say, somebody gets it. I'm not crazy. This miraculous thing happened. God is real. He's chosen me to be one of the characters in this in this play, and Elizabeth has been chosen too. And so they're they're comforted by the understanding both of them would have. So that's another level of this story of the visitation, something we can sit with, and how important it is for us to find people who are like-minded, right? The the world doesn't always understand what the the song that we Christians are singing. In fact, often most people don't understand the song that we Christians are singing. But every now and again, when we need it, God brings people into our life who will, who will give us an understanding glance, glance, who who will look at us with understanding eyes and said, I've been where you're at and God is real. And what's happening to you is an act of the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's always a comfort, right? It makes us think we're not crazy people. So let's add to that. Let's keep talking about this theme. There is a reflection um, by Bishop Robert Barron, who, um, you know, it's, it has been referred to as the bishop, bishop of social media. Of course, he has this, this apostolate, his Word on Fire Ministries, which he started long before he was ever, ever made bishop. But he writes a beautiful reflection about this story of the visitation. And I want to share that with you today. These are his words. Friends, today's gospel tells us of Mary's visit to Elizabeth. I've always been fascinated by Mary's haste in the story of the visitation. Upon hearing the message of Gabriel concerning her own pregnancy and that of her cousin, 
Mary proceeded in haste into the whole country of Judah to see Elizabeth. Why did she go with such speed and purpose? Because she had found her mission, her role in the theodrama. We are dominated today by the ego drama in all of its ramifications and implications. The ego drama is the play that I'm writing, I'm producing, I'm directing, and I'm starring in. We see this absolutely everywhere in our culture. Freedom of choice reigns supreme. I become the person that I choose to be. The theodrama is the great story being told by God, the great play being directed by God. What makes life thrilling is to discover your role in it. This is precisely what has happened to Mary. She has found her role, indeed a climactic role, in the theodrama, and she wants to conspire with Elizabeth, who has also discovered her role in the same drama. Like Mary, we have to find our place in God's story. Again, let me quote Bishop Barron's words. What makes life thrilling is to discover your role in it, right? Your role in this theodrama, that God has created this amazing story. And of course, the spirituality of Schoenstatt teaches us that as well, right? This idea of divine, or I mean, of practical faith and divine providence, right? And I believe that's what we talked about on last month's episode, uh, uh, The Open Door, and we talked about divine providence and what that really means, pr- having faith in that. But this is that this idea that this story, as, as Bishop Barron says, this theodrama is God's story, and we are characters in it. We all have a role to play. We all have some role that we're meant to carry out in God's story. This life isn't about us. It's not about our story or what I choose to be. It's about discovering who God created us to be. And this is another essence of of that Shunstadt teaches us. This idea of being centered and focused on mission consciousness, that we're made for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. And our job is to figure out and discern what that reason and what that purpose is so that we, like Mary, go out to fulfill it. Okay? And, and, we talk about the Annunciation and this moment of grace where, where the Blessed Mother gives her fiat, right? And, and, but there's moments leading up to that moment. And there's moments, of course, after that moment, right? So we can't, like, we can't define, okay, I, I need to figure out what I, what I want to do with my life. So I'm just going to go to college and I'll figure it out there. Well, maybe, but maybe not. God has a way of unfolding our lives and even unfolding the way we discover what our role, what our unique role is in it. It's not often ha- it's not often something that happens overnight, that happens in the blink of an eye, that happens with this sudden burst of awareness that, oh, this is what I've what I've created to do and so now I must do it. It's often this very slow, often painfully slow unfolding of us discovering who we really are, who God created us to be, what our natural gifts and talents are, what, what, what gifts we're see- receiving from the Holy Spirit. And you see that this slow discovery of all of these different things help us, uh, helps us to also slowly discover what our unique mission is, what our purpose is, what we're really here to do. So I mentioned when I was introducing myself at the beginning of this podcast that I am the author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers, which you can purchase on Amazon if if you're interested in purchasing it. But what this book is, is a compilation of my journal reflections that I wrote from about March of 2015, no, I'm sorry, March of 2013 to March of 2015. And of this process of me 
actually putting this book together and publishing my journal is a story for another day. This is not something that happened overnight. It was nothing I set out to do when I first started journaling. It was something that God slowly unveiled to me very, very slowly and then confirmed over and over and over again as I continued to discern, was this really his will that I published my journal? And and then eventually with much discernment, with much prayer, um, and with much reluctance on my end, I did it because I, I felt like that's what God was asking me to do. But that's what my book is. It's just my journal put into a reader-friendly form- format, reflection, um, one after the next after the next, really short reflections. And I encourage people to read it as a prayer aid, not as something you read from cover to cover, because it encompasses two years of my life, which means it's very meaty. Um, and there's a lot of information in it. And if you read it too fast, you'll choke on it, quite honestly. So I encourage the reader to chew it, to just read one reflection a day. There's, there's scripture that ends every reflection, to open up your Bible, to close it in scripture, and to really let it become something that helps you in prayer, not necessarily a novel that you would just quickly pick up and read from cover to cover. But if you're reading the book or um, you at some point feel called to read the book, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes info into it. So yes, there's all these little reflections that I wrote over the course of two years of my life as I was growing in my relationship with God, as I was beginning to understand this this faith that I grew up in. and, And really, ultimately though, but what was going on was as I was learning what we're talking about today, what my mission is in it. This is what this volume of my book is, this volume one, which I titled My Wonderings, because if I decide to, if or if I decide, right, if God, if it is God's will for me to publish volume two, then then this would be a whole different story. But this this section of my life, these two years, which I titled in this book, My Wanderings, is this time where I am discovering what my mission is. You see, at this point, I had had, this was post-conversion. I had had a conversion already. I was falling falling more and more in love with the Lord Jesus. I refer to this stage in my life as like the honeymoon phase. God was giving me so many consolations, was answering so many of my prayers, was just feeding me one after the next after the next of of spiritual insights. And, And I was just growing in all these ways of the Lord and in my relationship and in my love with him. And this was that time that he was slowly unfolding my mission. And so volume one, although it has all of these little stories, there's a big story within all overshadowing all the little stories. And that big story is me discovering my mission, me discovering my role in this theodrama, as Bishop Barron says. Me, like Mary, realizing God has this amazing plan, this amazing story for all of us, and here's my little act to play. And I'm not saying Mary's act was a little act. Her act was obviously a big one. But me discovering mine, here's my little act to play. And in fact, my my book ends, the very last thing that I quote in my book um, are actually words that are not my own. The last words in that end this volume one of my book are some words of Mark Twain, and they read, The two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you know why. And my book ends with that quote because that's where this part of my story ends, with this awareness of, oh my gosh, this is what I'm here to do. Of course, this is what I'm here to do. It makes so much sense. I've been doing this since I was a little person, and then I fell away from it, but this is really... This is really what I was made for, and it's me having that awareness, right? Again, let me read that quote from Mark Twain. The two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you know why. And so my challenge to you, and I guess it's not really a challenge, but but just my encouragement to you this month is if you haven't discovered your role in the theodrama, 
as as Bishop Barron um, tells us, if you have or words it, if you haven't discovered your role in it, let this be a time of great prayer and discernment, a time where you turn to the the Lord and turn to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to unveil it to you, right? And if you have discovered your role, your mission, your unique purpose, or you feel like you are, to the best of your abilities, doing what God is willing you to do in the moment, then let this be a time of thanksgiving, a time of encouragement, a time of direction to continue fulfilling this plan that he has made you for, to continue doing, fulfilling your role in this theodrama to the best of your abilities, right? And that's ultimately what this is about. We very rarely have clarity in life. Very rarely. Sometimes we have clarity. But often there's always the temptation to doubt. We have to simply trust the best we can. We discern the best we can. And what is discernment? We, we pray about it. We pay attention to how God is unfolding th- things in our life. We talk to a few people that we trust, that we know are close to the Lord and close to the Holy Spirit that can offer us guidance and direction. And we continue to discern that is this his will? But then once we've discerned that properly and once we feel like this is his will, we continue, right? We continue. And so maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you feel like you're doing what God has asked you to do. And, and so you just need a little bit of an encouragement to say, good, keep going. <laughs> it's real. God is real. God exists. He does send us on a certain mission and a certain purpose, right? And it's our job to discover that. And as Bishop Barron says, what makes life thrilling is to discover your role in it thrilling is to discover your role in it. And so let us, like Mary, turn to God with humble hearts, giving him our fiat day in and day out, and saying, thank you for choosing me to be a part of your great play, to be a part of this theodrama, right? And let us, when we need it too, like Mary, go find people who are like-minded, like she did with Elizabeth, find people who can give us understanding gazes, people can look, can look at us with understanding eyes and say, yes, this, is, this all is real. God really does make us for some mission, some purpose, right? And let us unite ourselves with Mary and with Elizabeth and with this connection that they had in this relationship and in this story of the visitation that we read today. And then our souls can, can cry out with Mary's, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor upon his lowly servant. And I think when we discover what we are made for, we echo our hearts, our souls echo those same words. It's not about us. It's about him, right? My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So something else, this this beautiful movement of, of Schoenstatt teaches us, this idea of mission consciousness, and that's what we wanted to touch about today, and we're already out of time. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Now I have ex- an exciting announcement to make to you who, who stayed with me to the end here. There is a new book that has just been released. It's called Mother Thrice Admirable. It is um, re- co-authored by um, Sister Danielle Peters and a Father John Larson. And this I just this was just released not too long ago. I, I don't actually have my copy in hand. I just ordered it. But I, this week, have been in touch with both authors, Father, Father Larson and also Sister Danielle. And I am so excited that they are both willing to be interviewed for an upcoming podcast. So I'll get a chance to actually pick their brains about the book. We can learn a little bit about them and about this book coming out. This will probably be a few months from now. Um, Sister Danielle is actually in Germany right now, so it'll be difficult 
difficult for us to communicate until she gets back to the States. But perhaps the November podcast is what we're looking for to actually sit down with them. So that's just something very exciting. And I wanted to mention that to you now in case you have interest in reading the book before I actually am able to have them on on the show. So um, you can purchase the book um, from the missionary, not the missionaries of charity, that's St. Teresa's, from the Marian fathers, right? The, the fathers, the priests that um, are sent out with the mission to, dis- to spread the mission of divine mercy. This is Father Larson. This is the order that Father Larson belongs to. And so you can purchase the book through them. Um, it's just very exciting. Again, the book is titled um, Mother Thrice Admirable, and it's written by Sister Danielle Peters and Father John Larson. So you can Google that too, and I'm sure that will pull up where you can purchase that from. So that's just an exciting announcement. I thank you guys all again for joining me this month. If you want to stay in touch with me or you have questions for me, or you have ideas, things you want to talk about on future podcasts, please reach out to me. Go to my website, www.theworldisnoisy.com, or you can follow me on Facebook at Julia Monin Author. I would love to hear from you. And in the meantime, know too that I will be praying for all of you listeners in a special way, and I humbly ask that you pray for me as well. Let us go ahead and close in our consecration prayer to the Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Queen, my Mother, I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my entire self without reserve, as I am your own, my good mother, guard me and defend me as your property and possession. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.